On the morning of August the 12th, 1853, two trains crashed head-on along the Providence and Worcester Railroad in Valley Falls, Rhode Island. That collision happened because the southbound train was two minutes behind the normal schedule, which did not allow enough time for it to pass side-by-side at the junction with the northbound train. It was an accident that was uh, really kind of the icing on the cake for what was a really rough year for train and railway accidents in 1853. It did yield fatalities. There were 14 in total who died in that crash. And many more might have died had it not been for the timely efforts of five doctors who were on that northbound train. Their presence on that train and their intervention at that horrible scene ended up saving the lives of dozens and dozens of people who otherwise would have been amongst that list of the casualties. Those physicians were in the right place at the right time, and they were able to render just the right kind of aid that they were expertly qualified to administer. And it is, I am told, it is that story that is believed to be the inspiration for the hymn that was written by William Hunter in 1859, just a few years later. It is the hymn, The Great Physician. And if you want to look in your songbooks, it's song number 338. This song, which was originally composed of seven stanzas, as opposed to the four stanzas that we have in our songbook today, uh, is one of, and actually it's probably the most, of all of the hymns that William Hunter wrote. William Hunter wrote about 125 different gospel hymns, and this is really the only one that has stood the test of time and endured down to this present day that people still know. I wonder if maybe that imagery of the physician. The idea of this doctor, this person administering aid in a time of need, I'm wondering if that's what's really caused it to resonate with people and has caused it to, to endure for more than 150 years now. You know, the idea of physicians are mentioned really a number of times in the Bible. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word that is often translated uh, physician, or sometimes it's translated cure or heal, is the word rapha. And it is sometimes used in reference to physical kinds of healing. Like, for example, when King Asa, in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, when he is criticized for going to the physician, that is, the actual medical doctors, instead of seeking out the Lord's help for the severe disease that had uh, grown up in his feet. Other times, though, in the Old Testament, that word physician is used in dealing with a spiritual need. Like in the case of Job's three friends in Job chapter 13. They came to Job and they sat with him and it was all fine until they started opening their mouths. And once they opened their mouths, they provided no encouragement. They provided no comfort. Instead, they falsely accused Job of sin and wickedness. And so Job calls them out about that. He calls them forgers of lies and he refers to them as worthless physicians. You guys just aren't very good at diagnosing spiritual problems. In the New Testament, we find uh, the Greek words, the word uh, iatros, and it is also used in varying ways depending on the particular context in which it is found. And so, for example, in Colossians chapter 4 and in verse 14, Paul speaks of one of the traveling companions that was with him often. He describes Luke in that passage as being the beloved 
physician. Luke literally, by trade, was a doctor. And it is of interest to me that really the two of, two of the longest books that are written in the New Testament uh, are authored by Luke. That would be the Gospel of Luke, and that of course would be the book of Acts. And Luke, if you ever paid attention in those books, Luke tends to go into maybe a little bit greater detail about issues of medicine and the physical body and whenever there's healing and those sorts of things. Luke just has a keen interest in that. And as well, we would expect that out of a man of medicine, a man who is a physician. In fact, Luke oftentimes gives details that the other gospel writers just don't go into detail about. Like, for example, in Luke the 8th chapter, Luke goes rather in-depth to describe the condition of that woman who was uh, had a discharge of blood and had been suffering with that for 12 years. And she had spent all of her living, the Bible says, on, on physicians. She had went to various doctors and none of them were able to help her. She wasn't able to be healed by anyone. That is, until she came and she found Jesus. She went looking for the one that she believed to be the Son of God, one who had the power to heal and to perform miracles, and her faith ended up leading her to being made whole once again. And just as Jesus was able to do something in her life, in providing things that a a regular family doctor or physician was not able to do, it is Jesus as well who is able to do something that no one else, physician or otherwise, is able to do And that is to go about the healing of the soul. In Luke the 5th chapter, after hearing the grumbling and the complaints of the Pharisees and all of the religious elite of his day, how they looked down at Jesus for eating with tax collectors and with sinners, Jesus responded to those criticisms in Luke 5, 31 and 32 by saying, those who are well, they have no need of a physician. Those who are sick, that's who needs a physician. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, while Jesus never actually refers to Himself as the great physician, and in fact, nowhere in the Bible do we actually find that term used at all, William Hunter's description that he uses in this song, I really think it just fits precisely with the mission statement that Jesus gives right here in Luke chapter 5. Jesus said, I have come here for the express purpose of helping people who are sick. And do you see the parallelism in this passage? How Jesus equates sinners to people who are sick. And you can say what you will about various physical ailments of the body. I realize that cancer is a terrible disease. We could talk about leukemia or muscular dystrophy, or Alzheimer's. Or we could even talk about all the the various injuries that one might sustain in a railway crash. But I'll tell you, nothing at all compares to the miserable and wretched condition of being held under the bondage of sin. That indeed is mankind's greatest disease. In fact, it is a global epidemic. There's not anyone on the face of this earth who is not affected by sin sickness. And that is why as we look at this song and we look at the words of this chorus, that is why that the sweetest note in Seraph's song, that the sweetest name on mortal tongues, that the sweetest carol ever sung is in fact Jesus. Blessed Jesus. And why? Because He's the cure for sin. 
He is the antidote. He is the healer. He is the great physician. In fact, look at what the verses say. Look at verse 1. Verse 1 says that Jesus comes to bring sympathy and to bring cheer to those who are sin-sick of heart. In verse 3, Jesus brings hope and He brings delight to those who are entangled in guilt and in fear. And then verse 4, Jesus is the one, the only one, who provides the way to heaven where we can go and we can sing and we can praise Him all throughout eternity. Jesus, blessed Jesus. And Lord willing, next Sunday, we will begin a very special series of meetings and studies with Brother Lowell Salee from Anderson, Alabama. as He's going to preach to us really about this very thing. He's going to preach to us about God's prescription for life's pains. Lowell is going to be talking with us. I've talked to, had some opportunity to talk with him about these particular lessons. He'll talk to us from the Word of God about the beginnings, the origins of life's pains. Why do we have pains in this life, particularly the pains that are associated with sin? He's going to talk about the problem of sin and why that continues to exist and continues to be a problem in our world today. He's going to talk about some specific problems like discouragement and depression and worry. And he's going to talk to us really wrapped, weaved all throughout every bit of that. He's going to talk to us about the great physician. In fact, I noticed that his sermon Sunday morning is just titled that, Jesus, the great physician, which means whoever's on for song leading Sunday morning, probably we need to sing this song again on Sunday morning. And so I hope that you're eager to hear those lessons. hope you're eager to learn more about what Jesus comes to this earth to do. And I hope you're excited about those lessons and you're thinking of others and you've been inviting others who will come. People who need the great physician. But that's a week away. we still got seven days between now and then. In fact, what we have right now is right now. Can I actually draw your attention to those first few words of the song? The great physician now is near. Now. Right at this present moment. Jesus is near. You ain't got to worry about calling Jesus about making house calls. Hey doc, I need you to come. Jesus Jesus ain't worried about that. Jesus is near now. At any moment, if you need cleansing and healing from the sickness of sin, Jesus is ready to do just that. And in fact, this evening, if you are not a child of God, we're encouraging you through the words of this song to come to the great physician. In fact, I'd have you think about that second verse. What I hope tonight is if you're not yet a Christian, that you'll be able to make verse number two, you'll be able to make those words and appropriate them in your life tonight. That all glory be to the dying Lamb, I now believe in Jesus. And that may mean, okay, yeah, maybe you have always believed in Jesus, you've known who He is, and you accept that He's God's Son. But let's talk about believing in the truest sense. I believe. I trust, I obey, I am ready to follow Jesus. Now is that moment for me. I love the blessed Savior's name. I love the name of Jesus. We help you tonight to come to the great physician and to receive cleansing from sin. All things are ready for you to become a Christian tonight. If you will confess your faith in Jesus as Lord, let us plunge you in and under the waters of baptism so that all your sins can be washed away. Jesus will make you clean. Jesus will make you whole. Brother or sister, if there is sin in your life, talked at length this morning about what the cure for that is. And that is we need to confess our sins to the Lord. We need to repent and turn to Him. And He will give us that cleansing that He has promised. He's just and He is faithful to forgive us of all our sins. 
If there's anyone who needs to respond to heaven's invitation, won't you come to the great physician? Do that right now while we stand and while we sing.